Let's head to Silicon Valley now because, um, well, we'll head to the tech world in general. Meta, the parent company of Facebook, according to the Wall Street Journal today, is set to begin mass layoffs tomorrow in what will be the biggest of growing job cuts among the high-tech firms. Uh, they have about 87,000 staff, uh, and many thousands will be losing their jobs this week, according to sources who have been speaking to the Wall Street Journal. Now, that comes on the heels of other companies, uh, fintech firm Third Stripe, or Stripe, rather, on November the 3rd, cutting 14% of its workforce. Twitter, firing half its staff after Elon Musk told over, took over, although some of them had to be rehired, apparently, according to reports of the weekend, because they fired too many people. No one knew how to turn the lights on anymore. Um According to Crunchbase, 50,000 American tech personnel have been laid off so far this year because they're going through a really harsh downturn. We've seen that here in Canada as well. Now, it is a correction, um, especially after those high-flying years for big tech through the early days of the pandemic. But what exactly is going on? Uh, joining me now with more on that is Ritesh Kotek. He is a cybersecurity and technology analyst. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Mark Zuckerberg was quoted as saying in a staff call, an employee call earlier this year, that uh, there are probably a bunch of people at the company who shouldn't be here. So I guess that was a warning sign. Uh, what's going on at Meta? Uh, so this is this is big. This is big. Um, here's the thing. When it comes to Meta, they've made a an investment or I guess a prediction that the metaverse, hence the name change, is the future. Well, it hasn't really lived up to expectations. I still believe that the meta, the metaverse and Web 3.0 and the Oculus and all the stuff that they've been talking about, that is the future of, of technology and society. But it just hasn't materialized into dollars and cents as fast as we thought it would um, with respect to adoption. Uh, there's also other elements of this as well. You have increased competition. You got economic uncertainty. And when you take all that stuff and you kind of put it together, it creates a really interesting and difficult situation for uh, meta and tech companies in general. And hence, what we're seeing is a lot of tech companies trying to, especially given the economic issues, trying to hold on to as much cash as possible and and uh, trying to cut where where they can. And then, and one of the places that they look is what jobs do we really need within our within our organization? Do we really need two of something or do we need three of something? And they're having that hard look and starting to make those cuts. And we're seeing that throughout. And And Meta um, is uh, seems like it's next. Yeah, at least according to the Wall Street Journal, it's going to be a huge, a huge cut, the biggest in its 18-year history. What is the issue here? Because I think, I think you, you mentioned some of these other things that I think a lot of us don't really even understand. When, when Mark Zuckerberg talks about the metaverse, I don't think a lot of people even understand what it is he's talking about. I mean, hypothetically, sort of, you can sort of imagine what he's talking about, but you don't know how it relates to your Facebook page or your Instagram account, you know, right? Like, it's hard to square that circle. So how come they're not making... Where did they expect it to be by now? They thought this would be early adoption or quick adoption? I thought they thought that there would definitely be greater adoption, especially from the commercial enterprise space. Uh, recently, there was a those Meta Connect and and they talked about uh, which was kind of their big their big conference. And what they talked about there was kind of making these headsets into enterprise uh, devices. So think about it this way: you get hired by an organization. It's here's your laptop, here's your cell phone. Oh, and here's your headset, and your identity is kind of 
uh, embedded in all three and you get all these uh, amazing uh, enterprise features and, and, and security. But that's one element of it, right? This, the other one is kind of what on earth is the metaverse, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people have thought about this as kind of this gimmicky avatars kind of floating around and, and all that stuff. But it's a lot more than that. The way I think about it is Web 1.0, and we think about the first iteration or generation of the internet, it was about your ability to read. You could go on this computer. It made that really funny dial tone. I remember that. And uh, you're on this page, and you can search for whatever you want to search for and get access to information. The second generation of the internet was your ability to write. Social media, you know, we all became content creators. Now we're living through the, th- the third generation, which is Web 3.0, our ability to own. And that to me is... The metaverse. Um, and there's a lot of elements of this, right? Uh, there is the ability for doctors to practice surgeries, the ability for people to own virtual real estate. We're seeing secondary markets in that. And we can get into that. It's really interesting stuff. But it's this idea that we can now own and we can own virtual virtual space. And the adoption is happening. It's just not happening as fast as as probably Meta had predicted. Right. And shareholders, too. I mean, we're entering, we're in a tougher and much tougher economic environment than we were uh, five years ago. So I can imagine that that Meta's shareholders are also saying, you know, are also looking at them and saying, it's all fun, fun and dandy that you have a lot of people sitting around thinking up good ideas, but uh, you need, you, you can't be spending that much money. Yeah, 100%, right? Like this is kind of the post-pandemic tech boom, right? Or kind of a an, an evening out. Yes, there's more technology. We're using more, but kind of what we saw during the start of, uh, March 2020 and kind of the investments that we saw in tech and how fast they had to scale up. Well, people went back to this hybrid model, you know, before it was all physical, then it went all virtual. And now we are living in this hybrid model where physical and virtual, they call, they're supposed to complement each other. Um, what, what, what does that mean? Well, you're going to use less tech. You're going to be more face-to-face. Add to that the economic pressure, the cash flow issues, uh, shareholders, um, and a lot of these companies, including Meta, are trying to figure out how they can ride the storm and remain successful and still be able to invest in emerging tech. It's not established tech. It's emerging tech. Yeah, because they don't want to fall behind, obviously, and there's lots of competition. How about Twitter? I mean, we saw big layoffs at Twitter last week. And then over the weekend, we're reading that they had to bring people back because they had fired. They had gotten rid of too many people. So it's clearly not an exact science. They're still trying to figure it out, right? And I think that is kind of the big issue that that Twitter is going to face. We don't have exact numbers. It's estimated fifty percent were um, were laid off. Uh, kind of that mass layoff that happened on Friday, where people found out whether, you know, not so much through an email, but whether they could log in into their company portal or not. Yeah. Uh, which in itself was probably very stressful for individuals. But yeah, you know, Twitter Twitter's kind of trying to figure out what does what does the future look like elon musk paid 44 billion dollars for this estimated more than 12 billion dollars than 12 billion dollars more than he should have well at some point you're going to have to figure out ways to um to make it profitable to make it viable to be able to to be able to operate um and that's kind of what they're I think what they're struggling with, introducing new monetization models with Twitter, Twitter Blue, looking at micropayments, um, but also cutting staff globally. And I think we all probably read on Twitter uh, individuals that were laid off kind of sharing their um, sharing their, uh, you know, their their journey or their disappointment in some cases. But 
it, we knew it was coming. He said it was coming. Um, it started with him taking over and getting rid of top management, mm-hmm. getting rid of 50%. And there's another issue to this, right? And that is when you get rid of that many people, you know, forget the morale issue, you lose a lot of knowledge that's kind of been built yeah. up in an organization as well. And and that kind of makes people skittish um, saying, well, wait a second, uh, you got rid of all this knowledge. Um how are we going to deal with some of these complex issues? Because the people that knew that how to deal with it, they, well, they, they've been walked out. So Ritesh, back to Twitter. Do you think any of these monetize? It, it, first of all, it feels like it's been happen- it happened so fast. Like it didn't have to, it didn't have to be a full scale overnight revolution. There could have been steps here, right? It feels like it's being done in a way that's both, I mean, you have to have a lot of faith in Elon Musk to watch any boss uh, put an organization into this kind of upheaval. Well, I think when he walked into Twitter headquarters with a sink uh, um, on on, on day one, like that was it for me. Right. Um, And kind of just keeping up with this whole this whole story has been a full time job. Uh, You know, is he buying it? Is he not buying it? How much is he paying? You know, potential uh, lawsuits to make sure that it actually it actually went it actually went through. Um, So this is kind of expected, I guess. Uh, We knew there were going to be big, bold moves. Uh, I think uh, if you thought it was going to be business as as usual, uh, um, you know, I think you were grossly mistaken. Uh, And I don't think anyone did. Right. I think everyone knew that there was going to be massive changes. There were going to be there. There was going to be layoffs. There's going to be new features that were going to be added. And there's going to be controversy with anything and everything um, that he does. That's just how he operates. And we've seen that with his other companies as uh, as well. So it shouldn't come as a surprise, but you know, what is the future of this platform? It is kind of as, and, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's right. Elon, when he says this, this is the digital town square and people do come here to, and by here, I mean, Twitter to have conversations. There's nothing that's comparable. There's been competition. We've seen parlor and truth social, uh, but they've never been able to match up to the scale that, that Twitter has putting them in a very unique position. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he can monetize it, though, because it was in some ways, and like many social media platforms, those who joined it early and have been on it for many, many years feel a certain sense of ownership over it. So if you come in and start to move things around or change the rules or, you know, this whole talk about giving people blue checks, you have to pay, in other words, or you basically disappear. I mean, that's how I read it, that if you don't pay to be on the platform eight bucks a month, you're essentially, your tweets will vanish. And I wonder what, I mean, you're right, there is no real alternative to it. But but I wonder if if it was done too quickly, like it's all been a bit of an upheaval. Anyway, we'll see. It's It's been interesting. Do you think it'll work? It's a uh, look, here's the thing. There's no, uh, I don't, I, I don't see any direct um, alternate application that kind of fulfills the role that that Twitter has, it just it just doesn't exist. So, um, if these conversations are going to continue, which they will, if if people are staying on the platform, if governments and organizations stick to it, um, I think it is going to work. Over in the long term, it will work. Yes, short term pains and there'll be blimps, but long term, I think it's going to work. When we look at the industry as a whole, then, uh, and we're seeing a lot more layoffs in Canada and a lot more layoffs in the States, uh, it's not just Meta and Twitter, it's everywhere, it's it's Lyft, it's other places. What do you see then for the future uh, of the tech industry? Because it feels like there's a, a correction going on, um, but there's been so much emphasis placed on, and it's even hard to define exactly what tech is when we talk about it this way, um, but there's been so much emphasis on tech job growth. 
uh, within you know the knowledge economy, whether it be here in BC or anywhere else in Canada. People talk about it all the time. What exactly do you think is going on here with the future of the tech industry? Is it is it going through um, a real change? It is going through a change. Um, but again, if we look at where the industry is today to where it was a few years ago, there has been there has been growth. We've seen incredible innovation. The steps, uh, the the stuff that's being developed, uh, especially coast to coast to coast. I think Canada is a fantastic uh, tech ecosystem. But right now, just given the economic realities, uh, the global economic realities, a lot of organizations are looking to be more lean and see, do we really need um, this many developers? Do we need this many people in marketing? Are there ways of automating some of these tasks and thus making positions uh redundant so yeah we are going to see we are going to see a correction but there's also another issue and the issue is uh startup funding and when we have companies that are actually cutting and investors that are looking for you know faster returns or great or greater returns we at that point it kind of makes me think okay um what about that pool of money that helps entrepreneurs who have ideas go from ideation to and to creating a, a a MVP a minimal viable product to then creating something that can be commercialized because that requires funding it requires expertise and if we start seeing these types of cuts if we start seeing less funding in this space then innovation and us as a country as an economy is definitely going to suffer so this does have a ripple effect from coast to coast to coast if we don't get it right because it feels like in many ways when it comes to some of this stuff and although it is often consumer related it feels like there is an arms race going on here if you read about what the chinese are doing if you read about what other countries are doing when it comes to tech uh, you can fall behind very quickly if you don't invest and that's sort of what i feel like is going on right now not that it's going to happen because there's so much private investment in it uh, but it feels like it's sort of an end of an era where it was sort of open spending cheap money lots of investment any good idea would get seed money into something far different and we're going to have to figure out how to make it work because it is an arms race yeah you're absolutely right and that is exactly what a lot of people are are saying as well it's that much harder to raise funds it's that much harder to commercialize these activities again all the more reason that um, as a country we if if, if entrepreneurship if innovation is important to us we, we got to create funds we got to create more even more important than money we got to have supports um, if you have an idea how do you get that idea to market because a lot of people do have these great ideas and a lot of these big companies they are they do invest in a lot a lot of these ideas as well there is criticism that that a lot of these big tech U.S. companies were uh, end up buying Canadian IP and then it becomes American. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is these companies that do invest in in, in helping entrepreneurs and thus creating the next Amazon. I always said, why are we doing things on these big platforms like Amazon when we can kind of create the next Amazon in in Canada and put the right funding and help people that have the ideas and that entrepreneur spirit to. Uh, to get things done, because uh, we have an opportunity. I think whenever we see a downturn, there's always an opportunity to get things right and and then ride the wave up, because um, it is cyclical. Yeah, there could be a Canadian out there ready to take on Elon Musk. Ritesh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me.